And welcome back from commercial. Hey, you've almost made it to the weekend. And what a better way to spend your weekend than listening to Burgers and Brats with your hosts, Braxton Poe and Matt Marks. And, and some March Madness, Matt. We got Final Four this weekend. I am so excited. My bracket, you know, I forgot about it this week, but it was happening because last week it was so great, and then this week was so busy, I forgot about it. But Virginia and Michigan State still in and looking good. Let's see what happens. You know what? My champion is still looking good. Texas Tech all the way. Jacob told me he wanted to come on this episode just to rub it in you to say that Texas Tech is still in it because a lot of people called him insane for picking. We all called you crazy, Clements. We all did. Only 10% of 172 million ESPN brackets picked Texas Tech to go to the Final Four. Those were the morons. Okay, well, you know what? In this case, I am proud to be a moron because I currently have a great Final Four prediction. Well, there you have it. All right. Well, how many Final Four teams do you have? Uh, I currently just have Texas Tech. <laughs> <laughs> so one. The rest, but you know what? I still have them winning it all. The, re- the rest of my bracket got taken out behind the barn and shot. So <laughs> this, is, this is my last hope. I'm still hoping you write a book. Of analogies, every episode there's something. So I'm waiting to hear what TV show you're gonna anal- you know, bring in in this analogy. But I love how you've already referenced shooting an animal behind a barn. <laughs> Please don't call us Peta or Peta. 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 Is it Peta or Peta? I don't know. I'm actually a member of Peta, Matt. People who eat tasty animals. Wow, never heard that one before. That's right. I know. Right. Come up with that, man. We're gonna get sued. But you know what? I'm already gonna start my new TV show, America's Funniest Home Analogies. So. Be sure to tune in. You might get sued for that. Yeah, that sounds a little too close to PETA. All right, so <laughs> what do we got on the on the agenda? For start tonight? with start with teams that aren't in the Final Four. So a very uh, a blue blood. What's cooking on the grill is Kyle Perry, coach of the Kentucky Wildcats, signed a lifetime deal to be a head coach of a basketball team. A lifetime deal. I think this is the definition of selling your soul, according to Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> and you're not wrong. You know, I thought it was an April Fool's joke when I first saw it, because yeah. it came out with April Fool's. Um, you know, it's interesting about this, though. There was literally, uh, you know, they talked about Calipari maybe going to UCLA for, like, they offered, like, a six-year, $48 million yeah. contract. I'm glad he didn't take that. We all know former UCLA coach Steve Alford and the uh, crap show of his, you know, demise at the end of his uh, career with them. Um, so I don't think UCLA is a great option to go there. So And it makes sense that he stayed with Kentucky. I mean, that's where he's been for, I don't know, it's been over a decade now. I'm not Probably. you know exactly sure how long he's still been. He's been there a long time now. Great move, and he, you know I don't see him going anywhere else. Can you see Calipari coaching anywhere else at this no. point of his career? No. Good move. Lifetime, that's weird, but I mean, he's there for the rest of yeah, I mean it's basically just coach until you can't coach anymore, and then you become an ambassador for the school. I mean that's like, I mean basically like this dude is going to be rolling in money until the day that he dies. Well, he already, he already is. is. Yeah. He's got nine million, nine point eight, nine point two million until twenty twenty four. Too right. I mean this guy has made it. You know he's made all the money he needs. Because his other contract goes through twenty twenty four, then he's just going to get another five hundred million on top of it. Yeah, and I mean, like, how cushy must it be to just be an ambassador? Like, I mean, you think he's going to, like, help with recruiting? Like, you think he's going to try and go on the trail a little bit to help the next coach out? What do y'all think? Yeah, I mean, he'll probably coach another decade at least. I mean, he's he's still going to get the players. Everyone still want to go to Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, that program's still set for the next 
15 years at least, even when he's gone, because he'll still help and coach. He'll come into practices, help with them. But yeah, I are you are you guys a fan of this lifetime deal? I I've got mixed opinions about it. I mean, yeah, you're set for life, but you're not held accountable for anything now. Like you can be garbage, and I mean you don't have to worry about your job. So I mean, there's no pressure on him. I mean, it's basically like a professor's tenure. Like you can just basically do what you want at this point. Like, I mean, the dude. Like yes, I'm glad Kentucky locked him down because you know they did you know, secure a great ambassador for the school, you know, for the next, you know, 20, 30 years, potentially. But, you know, even then, like, he, I don't know, lifetime, like, there's just something about that. It's, it's like the finality of it, if you know what I mean. Like, there is nothing else for him but at this point. He's going to get no blame for anything, and it's all going to go on his players while they get nothing for this. Well, I mean, they're all one and dones anyway. They're just going to go to the NBA the next year and just move on, and then Kentucky fans are just going to embrace them being like, oh, we made them into NBA stars. So... I mean, you kind of they kind of did. Oh, and yeah, but like, you know, you got to make fun <laughs> of Kentucky fans, you know, occasionally. <laughs> what did they do to you? I mean, nothing, but... <laughs> if you're a Kentucky fan and you want to reach Jacob Clements, you can reach him at P.O. Box... Okay. Yeah. I hope you got that. I'll repeat it later in the show. <laughs> All right. So, are you a fan of it, Matt? A lifetime deal? Yeah. I mean, it's... I don't know. It's a, it's a very weird concept, but again, like I said, Calipari's on the back end. I mean, he's he's been doing this for a long time. He'll be retiring at, you know, at some point in, in the kind of near future, so... I'm okay with this. There's no, there's no problem with, you know, giving this kind of deal. If it's like if you gave this kind of a deal to a 40 year old coach, that'd be kind of weird because you know mm-hmm. you probably got 25, yeah. 30 more years coaching. But Calipari, it, it makes sense. I mean, 40 year old coach excluding Lincoln Riley, of course. So <laughs> wrong sport, Jacob. Yeah. Wrong sport, but same principle. But like, no, I definitely agree with you, Matt. Like, he's definitely at the right age to get this contract. I just think the players need to be getting something. If he gets a lifetime deal, he's bringing all these recruits. They want to come compete. That's a question for the NCAA. And that's <laughs> and a they question suck, they'll so. never answer. So NCAA yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. Getting well, that out there. If you work for the NCAA, I'm very sorry, but y'all need to reevaluate what you do. It's facts. Straight facts. But, all right, moving on to Russell Westbrook. He dropped 20, 20, and 21 the other night against the Lakers. In when you realize Russell Westbrook got two triple-doubles in one game. That's true. Okay. Just saying, <laughs> I mean, it's him and Wilt Chamberlain at this point. Like, the dude, like, what was it Mark Cuban's quote back in 2015 that he wasn't a superstar? Yeah. I think this physically defines that he is a superstar because he's now in the same league in one respect as Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, so He's been in there with Oscar Robertson, too. Well, yeah. yeah. Everyone knows he's a superstar. Well, not Mark Cuban. I mean, he was just... That was years ago, Jacob. (laughs) Let it go. Let the grudge go. I I could take this in a whole other conversation and talk about championships, but I won't get there because you've heard that enough, and I know what your response is. Russell Westbrook dropped 2020-24 is fallen friend Nipsey Hussle, who who got shot earlier this week in Los Angeles. So he put on an inspiring performance for him. 2020-20, man, that's that's insane. You can't go out and do that just... On a night, all the players around the league were like, "That's insane! No one else can do that." So, I mean, disrespect to that. I mean, the points is easy. You look at the rebounds, and that's like, okay, you have you know Stephen Adams, you have 
I mean, all these other guys that will get will get rebounds, but for Russ, I mean, as aggressive as he is attacking the boards, that's really impressive. And then even the assist totals. I mean, when he's been getting the triple doubles, he's been getting around ten. Mm-hmm. So to double that, and you know, and, and the Thunder had to make the shots, and the Thunder have not been shooting the ball well since the All Star break. It's since they got the loves patch. Thank you very much. No, but yeah, we've seen. Um, 21 assists for this Thunder team for Westbrook because this Thunder team has off nights and they have been recently. Mm-hmm. They have throughout the years where just like Russell has no help, they can't make shots. So you see his assists total down. Man, if he had Clay Thompson on his team, he'd have like 30 assists tonight, anyways. Oh, easily, easy. I mean, literally, just Russell Westbrook to Clay Thompson catch and shoot every single time. So. Yeah, I mean, really impressive um, outing, and not, you know, to say that it hasn't been done in, in so long. Um, really great to see for Westbrook. I mean, that's a cool stat. You love to see stats like that when you, you compare to history, and, you know, especially, I mean, that's like a number you'd see if you're playing, you know, 2K or something. With You know, it's it just it's like, how can I set this new record? How can I get this high number? I'm just going to take all these shots. I'm going to dish it out, and to do it in real life in an NBA game, that's very impressive, and, and the Thunder really coming alive in this game. Uh, Russ being the major play, you know, playmaker. So, yeah, it was his thirty-first triple double of the season. His eighth, fifteen, fifteen, fifteen outing. Um, t- he tied um, Wilt Chamberlain with that record of second all time. And then he's he's on pace for his third straight season to average a triple double. That's not possible. It's impossible like, to do that. Well, like I remember, Three you know, years. 2016, like when he had no help and everyone was like, oh, there's no way he'll average a triple-double. And then he did it and he beat Oscar Robertson's record. Next mm-hmm. year, oh, he's not going to do it again. And this was after he won MVP. He did it again. I mean, do y'all think that triple-doubles are kind of becoming, like, we're becoming desensitized to them because how often they happen? Yes, they are, which is sad, but like... I mean, I look at a triple-double, and I'm like, wow, that's it. But, like, it shouldn't be like – I shouldn't think like that. But mm-hmm. yeah. and You know, when you look at Russ going back to 2016, I mean, he had to do it because Kevin Durant left, you know? He had to step up and do everything. Now, to still be doing that when you have Paul George and you've got a much better team at the, you know, than they've had the last couple of seasons, that's really impressive to keep mm-hmm. it up. But, you know, going back a few years ago, I mean, Russ had to do pretty much everything for the Thunder because they did not have a lot of bench help, and they didn't have Kevin Durant. So, Yeah, Matt, you weren't a Thunder fan that time when they would be up by 10 when Russell Westbrook went to the bench, and they'd be down by 20 two minutes later. It was a That's tough right. time. Well, I'm not a Thunder fan, yeah. and I laugh at that when they've blown all those fourth-quarter leads. You know that. I've given you guys a lot of a little flack about that. But, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so. all right. Maybe you should try making the playoffs recently. <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting on when your championship will come, but you know that's okay. Hey, Denver's time is here. So Denver's time is here. We'll stick to the script, but Jacob, I'll let you know. But yeah, when Russell Westbrook retires, there's going to be like no triple doubles. We're just going to be like, wow, this is boring. Where are the triple doubles at? Like we're going to take, we're taking it for granted mm-hmm. right now for sure. Yeah, we don't realize how crazy this is. Also, side note. Just the players that Sam Presti has unleashed on this league with Westbrook, Harden, and Durant. I mean, that's just amazing. So, also, still a shout-out to Sam Presti. Just get some better bench players. I wanted him fired before he brought in Paul George. He had, he got no blame for anything. Bring back Scott Brooks. Just saying. You know what? Yeah, Billy Donovan should go back to coaching college. Let's be real here. And everyone should go back to coaching college. It's a lot easier. I wonder yeah. if there'll be a coaching change if they get bounced in the first round. It'll be interesting. 
So hopefully Golden State sweeps them. Maybe a, a future topic for later, but that's going to be a fun playoff series. Yeah, whoever they match Maybe, up with. Yeah, but speaking of the Warriors, Steph Curry, man, did you see this story? Did you guys see this story? I did. He has been blind his whole career, blind, and he's still one of the best shooters of all time. And he's he finally got contacts. He's going to shoot what a hundred percent from the field now. Yeah, I saw this meme, and it was, uh, oh gosh, I think it was a, a player crying on the bench, and it was like, when you realize that Steph Curry was shooting blind and he just got contact. <laughs> I think like, it was the Westbrook one where he was they were just consoling him. Maybe, I don't know. Watch out, he's going to be hitting uh, threes from the logo all the time. Now, yeah, and they're going to go him, in. He hits them perfectly every time, and he's blind. He's Can we see a uh, Steph Curry, Trey Young camp in the future shooting from the logo? The only way to shoot. <laughs> Yeah, that's a crazy story. Um, did not know that. Kind of surprising that and all the time in the league and didn't didn't hear about this, that you know he really couldn't see that well. So that's scary. You think the dude have at least had one eye exam in the NBA. Uh, like, I'm legally blind in both eyes, and I can't see anything without contact. So, I mean, imagine shooting a dang basketball in a small hoop. Yeah, like, I mean. And he said he's pretty blind. It's not just like, hmm. He said he's pretty blind. That's when you know you got the skills. You just feel it. Bam. Mm -hmm. Shot after shot. Muscle memory all day. Yeah. He might literally shoot 90% from the field. Well, we know the Warriors are going to just take it all again. Yeah, we thought they wouldn't earlier in the season, but it's looking like it. They're hot now, and they've got all the pieces together. It's insane. So Next year when KD leaves, though. It could Mm. all fall apart. Hey, Clay Thompson could leave, too. Clay goes to the Lakers. KD goes to the Knicks. Oh, God, who would want to go to the Knicks? Sorry, Zion. I mean, we'll take it Zion, KD, and Kyrie. Kyrie ain't leaving Boston, man. Hey, we don't know what anything's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen this offseason. True, yeah. We could be wrong about everything. That's true. But, all right, now we got On This Day in History. This is easily my favorite segment. I think it's everyone's favorite segment, Clements. I'll start with... In 1968, inspirational leader and civil rights activist Martin Luther King was assassinated on his hotel balcony in Memphis, Tennessee. But did you guys know that his family sued the government claiming that it was an inside job and they won? Did you guys know that? I did not. I did remember reading about that. I actually went to visit the National Civil Rights Museum in Memphis where Martin Luther King Jr. was shot. They actually had a copy of the lawsuit there. Yeah. So, let's be real here. The more you know. Yeah, the government probably has a lot of inside jobs. So. Oh, yeah. Bush did 9-11 for sure. JFK. Facts. <laughs> we'll have a segment coming about this next week. Burgers and Brats, Conspiracy Well, we should edition. do a Conspiracy um, edition. You down, Matt? Sure. Do it. At us on Twitter if you want us to do a Conspiracy Theory edition. Oh, we're doing it. Just send in your conspiracies. Bring them in. Chemtrails, JFK, Marilyn Monroe... We got it all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. I actually, I'm a, a little bit more lighthearted on this day. In 1975, Bill Gates and Paul Allen decided that they wanted to copy Apple and found Microsoft. And so, consequently, we got the world's most boring computers. Thank you, Microsoft. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and in 1984, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar breaks Wilt Chamberlain's all-time career scoring record of 31,419 points. Good job, Kareem. 
1984, making history. Bam. Hey, Wilt still has that 100-point game, though. He does. No one's ever touching that one. So, yeah. I will. Braxton, I, I thought you were retiring. The, Trey Young will score 500. Oh, wow. Dang. <laughs> all, from, <laughs> all from the logo. <laughs> there we go. Steph Curry might. <laughs> Devin Booker can drop, what, 71? And well, I mean, if his season didn't end. Yeah, Steph Curry can drop. Oh, he can drop 100. Easy. Especially once KD leaves and Clay, oh, it could be over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I guess we'll go into the talk about Texas Tech, Clement's pick. <laughs> I, Clement, you want to start us off? You were right about it all. We were all wrong. Go Thank ahead. Thank you. Wow, I that really just makes that just makes me so happy to hear because if I remember correctly, in the same conversation where we were talking about ridiculing Matt for picking Yale. Over LSU, you ridiculed me for picking Texas Tech to win it all because you said Texas Tech won't be able to beat Duke. They won't be able to beat Gonzaga. They won't be able they to beat, beat Michigan. They didn't beat Duke. Exactly. They don't have to now. They just have to beat Michigan State. But still, you said they didn't have to beat Gonzaga, that they couldn't beat Gonzaga, and that they couldn't beat Michigan. Texas Tech won so well in both games. That Michigan game, it was out of Michigan's hands in the second half. The Gonzaga game admittedly was a lot closer, but Texas Tech locked it down and got it ready to go. They got lucky calls at the end. Okay, you know, there is no need to be salty. I'm okay. just saying what I saw. Some lucky calls. Okay, yeah. Maybe some lucky calls in there. Yeah. But, still, but still, Texas Tech, man, I am even more confident in my belief that they can win it all now, especially going up against Michigan State. So I I don't know about that. I will still be riding. I will still be riding with the Mass Rider and the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. Yeah, you've got two elite defenses, um, defensive matchups, both top three of defensive field goal percentage. Michigan State's a three and a half point favorite. I'm going Tech with the points, but I'm going Michigan State with the win. I my thing is Texas Tech locks locks teams down. Yeah. Admittedly, I mean, have you seen the weather in Lubbock, though? But, like... No, I mean, it's inside yeah. court, but, like... I mean, there's going to be more Michigan State fans, so it'll probably be home field or home court advantage for Michigan State. Yeah, but at the same time, the Texas Tech team has proven that they can lock down teams with their defense and then turn it on an offense. Not all the time, but when it's needed. And I think that's even more true. They've already beat a two seed. They've already beat a one seed. I think they can go for another. I still think Texas Tech can win it all, especially with Duke out of the way. Imagine Lubbock if they win. Oh, my God. Okay. If you are in Lubbock and you are hearing my voice, please, to dear God, do not go rampant. There is no help around you because no one else lives around you. They're already rampant down there right now. Okay. (laughs) You ever been there? I mean, you have. Yeah, I used to live there. Trust me. I'm like, I'm the foremost Lubbock expert on this podcast, so... We feel for you every day. I know. It was, it was a very terrible time. So, there was a lot of dust. <laughs> and dirt. Yeah. Tumbleweed. Yeah, actually, a tumbleweed did roll down my school hallway in Lubbock at one point. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but still, I'm going to go with Texas Tech on this. I feel they're going to do great. Well, I've got Michigan State in my championship game, and I'm sticking with it. Michigan State coming off a 68-67 win over Duke. Beating a, a strong Duke team, Texas Tech defensively is 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 probably the best in the final. Well, no, 
Probably second best, I would say, maybe in, in the Final Four because you have Virginia. Um, but Tech's defense has been exceptional, especially what they did against Michigan. Um, Tech was actually number one in defense throughout the regular season, so they are the best defense in the Final Four, and they're top five in offense. Yeah, so. they've got a good team, but you know what? Michigan State's got a nine-game winning streak that they're riding, and they had to go through Duke. Uh, they went through an LSU team that looked pretty good, i got to say, and they took out Yale. And But Tech beat Gonzaga, so I think it's going to be tough, but points per game – Advantage Michigan State. Field goals, barely, percentage, barely Michigan State. Rebounding, big advantage Michigan State. Assist per game, Michigan State. Michigan State's got a nine-game winning streak. They're going to make it 10. They're going to get to a championship game. Anything can happen on a given night, though. That's true. I mean, we didn't think UCF could play it so close with Duke. But this Tom Izzo team right here is great, led by Cassius Winston. This team, he is a great leader at point. He has got this team. I mean, with that whole controversy in the beginning when Izzo was yelling at, 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 at Aaron Henry and Cassius was kind of helping break it up and kind of talking the players, he's a, he's a proven leader. He's a proven leader. And this is a team that honestly has looked so good through the playoffs. They've managed to overcome anything that's come their way. I like this Michigan State team. Chris Beard has done a great job at Texas Tech, getting to their first Final Four ever in program history. But unfortunately, this is where it ends. They've got great leadership, and they've done a great job. It's going to be a tough matchup. It's going to be very close. But just like Duke, Michigan State's going to edge out. See, here's the thing, though. Okay, so you mentioned um, Castro Swinson, Michigan State, right? He's kind of their star player. Mm -hmm. And admittedly, Michigan State looks great. But here's my thing, and I think this is more of just where I lean personally. I go for the more balanced team. That's actually why I do like Denver as well. They have a very balanced team in the NBA, I'm going to go the balanced team because at any point, someone could come up with the points that you need. You're not just going to rely on one person. And that's why I'm going Texas Tech, because Michigan State has one or two people that can really make a huge impact. Texas Tech's five players out there have all proven that they can make an impact. That's why I'm still riding Texas Tech. Kind of like John Morant in the early stages mm -hmm. of the tournament. He dropped, what, 40 in the first game, then he only had 20. So, I yeah. mean, they rode on one player. But, yeah, defense wins championships. But I have to counter what you said because you're wrong. I mean, Michigan State has four players averaging double-digit points. So, it's not Cassius Winston. He's averaging 18.9 a game. But you got Joshua Langford. you got Nick Ward. you got... Um, Xavier Tillman, you know, and then not even averaging double points a game, you've got Aaron Henry, 5.9 points a game, but has heated up and really been a star player for Michigan State. I mean, this is a guy who dropped, I mean, he only had four points versus Duke, but he dropped 20 against LSU and was big in that game, okay? So he's a guy that can step up, but to say that Cassius is the only guy, that's wrong. So he's inconsistent. Okay. Drop four games. Drop four points. So, yeah, I mean, he's averaging five points. He's a freshman. 5.9 points a game. But he was clutch against LSU. The guys step up. It's not just Cassius the whole time. But for you to say they've only got one player, that's wrong. They've got guys that can step up any time. I mean, you got five, four guys in double digits scoring. So, you even got, you've even got Kenny Goins. Who's a guy that averages 8.1 points a game, but versus Duke, he had 10 points and 9 rebounds. Against LSU, he only had 6 points, but he had 11 rebounds. A guy that's, that will step up come playoff time. So, 
that's why I think Michigan State, they've got guys that are veterans on this team, and they've got some young guys stepping up. They can Anybody can step up for this team. Tom Izzo's got this team coached so well that that's why they made a deep run. So to say that it's just Cassius, Cassius is a, is a leader. But Aaron Henry's also gotten a lot of time, unfortunately, for that negative story that everyone was trying to say Tom Izzo's a terrible coach or yelling at a player, berating a player or whatever that's wrong when he's just coaching them hard. You know, we had a whole conversation about that. So I'm just saying. Your, your assumption right there of saying, well, it just led by Cassius or even comparing it just like John Moran, completely wrong. Okay, see, here's the thing as well, though. There is one crucial stat, defensive stat, that you didn't mention, and that's steals per game, where Texas Tech has 7.4 steals per game, and Michigan State only has 5.4. If you're stealing the ball two more times in a game than your opponents on average, you're going to be able to get more shots, and that can more than cover the three-and-a-half-point spread. That I'm telling sound you. Like much. No, look. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I saw that stat too. You're right. They they got the, they get the advantage on the steals, but throw that out the window. Every other stat throughout the season shows that Michigan State can take care of Texas. But look, Texas Tech is going to be a great opponent. They've got a really good defense. Michigan State has got a good defense as well. This is going to be a great battle. I oh, don't think it, it totally will not will. be. It will not be a blowout. It will be back and forth. I think, though, in the clutch, when they need it the most, we're going to see Michigan State edge out this game, either on a on a great defensive play in a three or whatever, but they're going to edge out. You know what? Honestly, I'm just excited to watch the game at this point because there's a reason why we play the game, and we don't just look at stats because then we can actually see how the two teams physically match up. So I think at this point it's just going to be who is more ready, and I still think Texas Tech... And I respect y'all's opinion, but yeah. it's going to be a fun game. I yeah. count that as a win for my argument. Thanks. Yep, so Matt and I are going Michigan State. And then the first game of the day will be Virginia, who's favored by five and a half against um, um, Auburn. So that's going to be a great game. Auburn, you see on this historic run, no one expected them to be here. I don't know what the percentages were. Do you know, Clements, of them making the Final Four? I have no idea, but all I know is I had them losing in the round of 64. <laughs> <laughs> and... You know what? I I feel like um, you know co-host Matt Marks here may have a, a similar opinion, but I'm going to go Auburn on this. I think this is going to be a uh, fun matchup, um, and I know you've talked about Auburn before. I think I'm finally going to get on the hot train a little bit here and kind of go Auburn. Well, you're wrong. I mean, the same that I'd be similar. I love this Auburn team, but I've got Virginia winning it all, so I can't go against. Oh them. yeah, I forgot but you do have Virginia. If winning Virginia it all. does lose. You know, so be my bracket. But this Auburn team, Bruce Pearl has done a great job. This is an Auburn team that's got a 12-game winning streak. And they lost their best player. Well, that yeah, but they were able to win against Kentucky without him. They already up. No, he was out that whole game. He had yeah, surgery. He was out, he was that, out whole that whole game. He had surgery. They wheeled him in in the second half, and he got to be there. So okay. he was not present when they beat Kentucky in overtime. But this is a, a, an Auburn team that beat Tennessee – Okay, beat them in the SEC championship, and then they beat them. They handled Kansas. Yes, yeah, they beat Kansas, they beat North Carolina, and they beat Kentucky. Now that is as tough as it gets when it comes to basketball, mm-hmm. and they were able to take them down. This is a team that is riding a hot hand. I, I, I compare them to the Warriors because they live and die by the three, a team that averages 80 points a game. 
is I'm going against a Virginia team that averages 71 points a game and only allows 57 a game. So Virginia, what we've seen with Virginia all play all through this this March Madness tournament is that they have made teams change their offense. This is a team that they make them play the way they want them to play. This is going to be the toughest test for Tony Bennett and his team because Auburn, like I said, is like the Warriors. Live and die by the three. They're a great three-point shooting team. If Virginia can't get can't stop them on the three, they're in big trouble. But if Virginia plays great defense, perimeter defense, and they're not getting their threes to fall, that's going to be great for Virginia because they're going to conform. They're going to take away Auburn's best weapons. And what that's basically Auburn's offense is live and die by the three. So this is going to be a really good matchup. But if Virginia comes out strong defensively, Bruce Pearl has got to figure out how to counter that. And if they can do what they, if Auburn can do what they did against North Carolina, hang with them right at the first half and then kind of take it away, beautiful. If he can't and they're down by 10 or more, they're going to be in trouble because Virginia will come out strong with defense. So this is going to be, it's all going to be in the first, I'm going to say really the first half, but the first 10 minutes of the game is going to decide how this, how this is going to play out. Because I think if Virginia's up big time in the first 10 minutes, it's going to be tough for Auburn to get back. Yeah, they've got the three-point shooting, but that defense, we've seen Virginia's defense, and it's come up big when it's needed the most. Yeah, Virginia does essentially just manhandle people with their defense. Um, you know, honestly, though, here's my thinking on it, and I know you have Virginia in your championship, so you're a little bit biased on this because doing it for the bracket. But in my opinion, Auburn is thriving by the three. And, you know, one game, like, it's just like, okay, they had a good game shooting. You know, two games, it's like, okay, maybe something may be going on here. But, you know, they're like you said, they're averaging 80 points a game, and they're thriving by the three. I don't see any reason why this would stop. And personally, West Virginia has not faced a true great three-point shooting, three shooting team. Just Virginia, not West Virginia. I, I said just Virginia. You said West. Okay. Well, and, and, Sorry, you know, I get my Virginias confused occasionally. And as, as you say, it's good of a three-point shooting team, but I could also say Oregon, when they played Oregon, Oregon has some good three-point shooters, and then you have Purdue. So they had to get past a Purdue team that, I mean, Carson Edwards. Look yeah. what he was able to do. They had to go back and forth. Purdue had that game, and... Virginia had to get the shot off to send it to overtime. I mean, Virginia yeah. was so close to being done if that shot doesn't fall. So they had to go against some three-point shooting teams. Now, this may be the best with Auburn because that's their whole offense is pretty mm -hmm. much the three. But they had to get through Oregon, and they had to get through Purdue to get to this point. So I, I don't think this is going to be a very extreme, like tough test where they're like, we've never seen anybody like this. They're oh, gonna, yeah. They've got to shut down the three because this is so good. They're so good. But they've had to go through some good three-point shooting teams to get to this point. Well, and yeah, like, I agree with you on that. But, like, I think Purdue as well, you know, it took an overtime game for Virginia to win. This is after Carson Edwards, you know, got a ridiculous number of points. And, you know, they also kind of used, like, the same play that kind of burned Matt Harms a lot. And, you know, kind of that, like, inside route. And so I personally think... It could be an overtime game, but I'm still going to go Auburn. Yeah, Auburn averages 11, point, or 11 three pointers per game, which is third in the nation. So, I mean, they've got to live by that three. They've got to make their shots. But on the defensive side, Virginia is ranked fourth nationally, only allowing opponents 28% from three pointer. So, that's, if 
Um, Virginia can stop them on three. But I did have Virginia winning. I'm going with Auburn. I'm picking Auburn, just who they've beaten already so far. So, I mean, why not? I'm riding with Charles Barkley. Riding Auburn. They could win the championship. Hmm. I can see it happening. Hey, maybe if Auburn makes it to the uh, championship, I might have just picked the wrong SEC team. So... Yeah, Tech versus Auburn championship. That would be great. Mm-hmm. The um, three of the four, or Mission State's the only team to win a national championship. So we might get a new na- uh, new champion that's never won it before mm-hmm. this year. So let's pray for that. Oh, yeah. Especially Matt, since you have Virginia. I mean, we're both. I guess you got Tech, but I'm out, so I don't care. Yeah, I still care about my bracket. I mean, I'm still hoping to win it. But I have a lot of respect for Michigan State, too. So I'm fine if, if that happens, it happens. Yeah, my bracket said I wanted to exit stage right, but Texas Tech's still in it, so it's a one-team show now. Is it? Is Texas Tech who you're going to be sharing your burger and brat with tonight? Um, you know, yeah, I will share my burger and brat with Chris Beard and Texas Tech. You know, finally, as a team getting to a Final Four, this is a team that really deserves it. And you know what? I will go ahead and share a burger and brat with the entire city of Lubbock. It- so... <laughs> Because God knows they need it. <laughs> they need everything. But yeah, so. I'm going with Bryce Harper. He returned to D.C. as a Philly where he was mercifully booed and called a traitor. I mean, rightfully so. But you, did you guys watch replays of that game? It was mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Got Love. struck out twice um, by Scherzer. Came back, hit, got three hits, three RBIs, and one amazing bat flip after he hit a home run. It, it was crazy. Speaking of Washington, though, quick fact. Trevor Rosenthal currently has an ERA of infinity. So Infinity. Infinity. He has not recorded an out, but has allowed runs. Oh wow. So he currently is the only player with an ERA of infinity. That's bad. Yeah. You know it's bad when they can't define how bad you are. It's true. Matt, you got your burger and brought ready yet? Yeah, I do. Well, I'm going to share it uh, with Chris Davis, the first baseman of the Baltimore Orioles. Um because I think he could need it. Uh, he's got one RBI this, so far this season, um, and he does not have a hit. Um, and, in fact, he does not have a hit, and that goes back even to from, like, September of last season. He is struggling really badly. I think he could use a burger and broad, give him some energy, get his mind refocused. Um, he has uh, got an on-base percentage of uh, .190. And uh, he struck out already 11 times, so off to a really oh, wow. poor start. And, again, hitless, so that's pretty good. He does play for the Orioles. Yeah, why don't you just expand your burger and brought sharing time to the <laughs> Orioles, because God knows they need it. That's true, right? Also the Red Sox. Red nah, Sox we don't want... Nah, no Red Sox here. Yeah, actually true. Yeah, no I'll fan agree with you on that. that. No. So... But yeah, if you haven't yet, follow us on Spotify. Listen to our tracks at Burgers Brots, all underscore, all one space. So, I mean, yeah, you guys got any last messages? You know what, just thanks for having me back. Really enjoyed talking to March Madness. Yeah, you're on your final day. And and if anybody happens to be, you know, in Norman, Oklahoma next week, there's a great intramural softball game next week. So, um, our team is... 2-0, 2-0, so we're off to a hot start. Should we broadcast live? Well, you'll have to. I'll be coaching the oh, team, but yeah. you'll have to take on this. Maybe you can find a co-host. I guess I wasn't and, invited. I will. Uh, we res- asked you, but you know, you're know you so busy with everything. Yeah. So. I will resume my enthusiastic first base coaching and my one hit per game. So There you go. Not bad. I know, yeah. right? One base hit. I'll, I will not complain. You know what they say. A base hit a day 
Helps your batting average. All right. Hey, that's, <laughs> I mean, unless you go up there like four times. Yeah, you know. Yeah, whatever. You win some, you lose some. It all depends on how you like it. Right? Well, I mean, we won two yesterday, so. I feel left out. There you go. It's all right, Braxton. You were there in spirit. Well, he was I mean, there. I mean, I thought he was there. the second half. <laughs> yeah, he was there in person, so. We just easily forgot about you. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Spotify and Twitter at Burgers Bra. It's all underscore one space. Thanks for listening. <laughs>